This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We are broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort here in Washington, D.C., in Pisstown. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel. We are back. We both spent some time in New Jersey over the last week. New Jersey ain't so bad. Gets a bad rap. It ain't so bad. New Jersey's great. New Jersey's great. There, uh, there are a lot of like. So I, I saw a poll today, or, or people on Twitter sharing a poll that said New Jersey is the least patriotic place in the country. That's good in my book. It is. However, I'm wondering what metric they are using because I saw multiple Blue Lives Matter flags mm. when I was in New Jersey. Do you think New Jersey deserves all the coastline it has? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I think New Jersey is a great state, and uh, it makes great use of its coast and its gambling laws. <laughs> well, since we last recorded, there's been some news items. We're not at war with Iran. Speaking uh, of which, I was near an air base in mm, New Jersey. Were you keeping an eye on the jets? Well, they, they were scrambling overhead at one point, and uh, this was while some of the Iran stuff was going on, and I assume it was a normal exercise, but nevertheless, it was disconcerting. Yeah, Trump claims that he was told about civilian casualty numbers and changed his mind at the last minute, called <laughs> off the airstrikes against Iran. Obviously, the real story here is Trump was informed that the U.S. would get waxed if we eventually did go to war with Iran or that this could escalate real quick and we would be unable to win any sort of war with Iran without resorting to maybe nuclear weapons or something. And of course, around the same time, uh, Stephen Aftergood with the uh, Federation of American Scientists on his secrecy news blog, uh, flagged a Department of Defense doctrine on nuclear operations that was briefly published online and then immediately taken offline. And in this document, Jesus. it said, quote, using nuclear weapons could create conditions for decisive results in the restoration of strategic stability. Specifically, the use of a nuclear weapon will fundamentally change the scope of a battle and create conditions that affect how commanders will prevail in conflict. <laughs> it's it's kind of disturbing that this reasoning is being used. I mean, I guess we have nuclear weapons, so people are figuring out ways in which we could use them. It seems pretty lax. We'll use them just to gain a strategic advantage on the battlefield here. And the fact that this was published online somehow right around the time that we were about to go to, where it looked like we were going to go to war with Iran and then it was taken offline. I wonder if it was like posted to as a message to the Iranians sort of to who's paying attention. Or if it was posted and it shows some sort of, I don't know, disagreement within the White House, or maybe not disagreement at all about tactics that might be necessary in an up upcoming war with Iran. Because I don't see how else the U.S. wins a war with Iran. I don't say, I, I don't want to say it was definitely done as a bullying tactic, but it was definitely done as a deliberate bullying <laughs> tactic, for sure. I mean, come on. <laughs> 
Yeah. Come on. Th- th- this is the administration that Marco Rubio and and Ben Shapiro are shrieking all day on Twitter about how they don't want war. They definitely want war. And this is very clear. This is another uh, tile in the mosaic showing how bad, how fucking bad these people want war. No, you don't have to give Trump credit for calling off an airstrike that he almost carried out. Nor do you have to give Tucker Carlson credit for stating obvious things on television like we shouldn't go to war with Iran. Uh, Mind you, Tucker Carlson has plenty of times gone on TV and said extremely racist things about Iranians and that we should go to war with Iran. It's just... He happened to be right this particular time in advocating against a war with Iran. So now you have a bunch of dummies who claim to be leftists online saying, oh, Tucker Carlson is the uh, anti-war voice on television. Oh, Tucker Carlson saved us from going to war. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Sounds stupid as hell. I will raise, and not to get too off track here, but I will raise my hand and say that, yes, uh, that that frequent Tucker Carlson guest, Glenn Greenwald, has been doing good journalism about Brazil recently. Yeah. That said, uh, we can praise Glenn for the good things he does while also roasting him for the completely shitty and awful opinions he has about Republicans and Tucker Carlson. Yeah. It's easy to do. Easy. Very easy. Uh, we do it regularly. We, we have praised Glenn Greenwald plenty of times on this show. Um, what else we got? Oh, we had a prominent writer. It's called the garbage can, not the cancel can. Yeah, we're not canceling them. <laughs> Yet. Prominent writer E. Jean Carroll accused President Trump of rape last week in a pretty graphic article. We've pretty much moved on from this news here. Uh, why not throw that in impeachment? You hear uh, Democrat leadership saying, well, you know, we're still waiting on things. We're still waiting on facts to uh, develop. How about that multiple women have made credible allegations of sexual assault and rape against the president? Why is this not anything that can be pursued? It's, it's pretty astonishing. The 22nd woman now to accuse the president of sexual violence. Do you think part of this has to do with Democrats selling their soul to defend Bill Clinton, who had numerous women similar to Trump, numerous women come forward with credible allegations of sexual assault and rape against Bill Clinton. Democrats just dismissed it all as hoaxes. So I guess they don't take these uh, allegations very seriously either. Yeah, they uh, they certainly seem to agree on uh, certain things about protecting their own elites and uh, things like war, like we see Nancy Pelosi saying that only Congress uh, has the authority whether or not to start wars. Uh, They're clearly trying to start a war with Iran. We should also be using the, if you're gonna talk about the constitutional authority vis-a-vis Iran, you should probably invoke your impeachment powers because you should be impeaching the president for, among other things, trying to start a war for political reasons. Yeah. yeah. Without without Congress. We'll have more on Congress stepping in there in just a second. Bernie Sanders releasing the ultimate student debt relief proposal, just canceling it all, all of it. All no of it. means testing. Going farther than Elizabeth Warren. Uh, went with her very good debt cancellation proposal. Uh, Bernie Sanders, you don't need a debt calculator. If you have student loan debt, whether it's from a two-year school, a four-year school, a trade school, wherever the hell, 
It's canceled. It's $1.6 trillion worth of student <clears throat> loan debt. Canceled. Now we are canceling things. <laughs> I, student I, loan debt. Canceled. I saw Newt Gingrich say, well... What about all the people who paid off their student debts? Did, should we not give them money? It's not just yeah. Newt saying well, that, well, for the well, record. <laughs> right, right. But we, we should. Yeah, let's sure. give them money. Why not? Let, let's add them to the pile. These are fucking numbers on a spreadsheet at the Fed, as we all saw during the bailout. It, it doesn't fucking matter. The conservative reactions are great, because then you have the other one, which was Bernie's paying for this with like a very small... Uh, Wall Street tax so, yeah. on speculation. People are like, well, if you if you increase the tax, why not just pay off everybody's medical bills? Or why not just pay off? And yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Why don't we make it 100% and just own everything? It would be amazing if Republicans try to one-up Bernie in Congress. If he, if he is elected president, Republicans try to one-up him uh, by proposing more and more debt write-offs. It's like, yeah, sure, fuck it, add it to the pile. Washington's finally working again. Looks like the West Wing dipshits were right. Yeah, we're on board. All right, it's Tuesday, June 25th, 2019. Here's the news. As is mentioned at the top of the show, we're not bombing Iran right now, and there are at least a handful of people on Capitol Hill trying to flex their muscles to make sure the White House can't go to war, unless Congress gives an okay. Congressman and Bernie Sanders campaign advisor Ro Khanna introduced an amendment to the Defense Authorization Bill. It's must-pass legislation each year that basically programs the Defense Department. Anyways, Khanna has introduced an amendment to that bill that would prohibit any funds from being used to attack Iran. Khanna got far-right Congressman and Trump supporter Matt Goetz to also co-sponsor the measure. It also has the support of Democratic leadership on the Armed Services Committee and Foreign Affairs Committee, plus progressives like Barbara Lee and AOC. And it will be voted on. Khanna secured a deal during the committee markup of the defense authorization bill that would ensure his amendment gets a vote on the floor of the House. It'll be hard for Trump to ignore a dipshit like Matt Gates. Yeah. He, he, they're two peas in a pod. That's, that's yeah, kind of amazing. Definitely. And Matt Getz framed uh, his support for this amendment by saying, I'm just supporting something that the president already supports based on his decision not to go to war with Iran. <laughs> Forget about the conditions that have created this situation, all created by Trump. Maybe it's not such a good thing because... They're, if Trump wants to go to war with Iran, they're going to ignore this. Like yes. Congress yes. is yes. such a p pathetic institution. Yes, yes. So this amendment will get voted on. The same <laughs> uh, isn't true in the Senate. Democrats Tom Udall and Tim Kaine have a companion measure to bar any funding for an unauthorized attack on Iran. But Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has no intention ah. of holding a vote on it. Of course. Obvious, all, of, all of these efforts, obviously, are... Uh, positive step toward blocking a war with Iran with two massive caveats here. Uh, one being that this White House, as you got, as you alluded to a moment ago, Sam, can just assert its authority to go to war without Congress by highlighting either Article 2 of the Constitution, which uh, we saw the Obama administration play with uh, using those sort of authorities to launch attacks without congressional approval, or just citing the AUMF, which uh, we saw Mike Pompeo suggest that they already have the authority to go to war with Iran using the 18-year-old AUMF that was passed to launch attacks against people responsible for 9-11. And they already did uh, invoke that 
9-11 specific AUMF to go to war against or, or to uh, attack airstrike the government of Syria. Yeah. The second big caveat, of course, is that Congress will just go ahead and vote to authorize a war with Iran. Nobody would be surprised by Democrats doing this. Just listening to the way we've heard Nancy Pelosi talk about this situation, uh, listening to the way Barbara Boxer was talking about it on MSNBC a few nights ago when she was discussing, saying very racist things about the Iranians. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see this Congress approve a new AUMF to allow (laughs) Trump's White House to go to war. The Supreme Court issued a few notable rulings yesterday. Neil Gorsuch joined the libs once again in a ruling on criminal law. In U.S. v. Davis, the majority affirmed that it's unconstitutional to impose heightened penalties for using or even possessing a gun in, quote, a crime of violence or drug trafficking crime. The reason being is that crime of violence is too vague. Writing the court's opinion, Gorsuch said, quote, vague statutes threatened a hand responsibility for defining crimes to relatively unaccountable police prosecutors and judges, eroding the people's ability to oversee the creation of the laws they are expected to abide, end of quote. The dissent was written by Gorsuch's fellow Trump appointee, Brett Kavanaugh. Gorsuch thought little of it. He noted, among other things, quote, remarkably, the dissent has nothing at all to say about the law's history or its relationship with other criminal statutes. It just ignores those arguments. Slap fight at the Federalist Society. In another notable ruling, Gorsuch joined fellow Republican appointees in Elena Kagan. The six justices voted to affirm a confidential business records exemption to the Freedom of Information Act. Spare a thought for Ken Klippenstein. The battle surrounded FOIA litigation, trying to get records on which national grocery stores redeemed the most food stamps. On a trade association's right to challenge the push for release, justices said, quote, disclosure of the contested data would cause financial injury in the highly competitive grocery industry. So... The public has no right to know which corporation is profiting most off a vital program to the poor. In his dissent, Justice Breyer accused the majority of pandering to corporate interests. He defended a broader reading of FOIA by saying, quote, a tool used to probe the relationship between government and business should not be unavailable whenever government and business wish it so. Moving on, since we no longer build new infrastructure in this country, we just decided like 40 years ago that we can't build any new stuff anymore, then we have to craft policy to manage decaying infrastructure. Take, for example, what happened in Philadelphia last week with that massive refinery explosion. You see that video? Yeah, that was wild. Did you see it from New Jersey? (laughs) We could almost hear it from New Jersey. Luckily, no one was killed. Five workers had minor injuries. The thing about it, though, it could have been way worse That's the warning coming from Watchdog Group Public Employees for Environmental Responsibility, or PEER. The group warned on Tuesday that refineries across the nation are at risk of mass casualty events based on their continued use of hydrogen fluoride, a volatile chemical that's used as a catalyst in the refineries, and it can be extremely deadly if it's released into the air. In last week's explosion, tanks of hydrogen fluoride were nearly breached, and had they been, PEER warned, 300,000 people and workers would have been placed in jeopardy. More than a third of the refineries operating around the U.S. still use hydrogen fluoride. Peer estimated that as many as 22 million residents live within the shadows of these facilities. 
Also, including last week's explosion in Philadelphia, three refineries using hydrogen fluorides have had major explosions just since 2015. Pierre is calling on the EPA to ban the continued use and storage of hydrogen fluoride at refineries. Instead, refinery owners should be forced to use safer alternatives that won't threaten workers in nearby communities. This reminds me of the uh, bomb trains and the news around those that were exploding every few years and the precautions that were necessary to stop these bomb trains and future mass casualty events and how every time we uh, have to ensure that we don't inconvenience industries by making the necessary changes or investments to make things safer. The House is set to vote soon on legislation that would grant $4.5 billion in aid to migrants seeking asylum on the U.S.-Mexico border. The move comes after Republicans in Washington filled a thousand diapers over Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez describing asylum seeker detention camps as concentration camps. CBS noted that AOC and other left-wing freshmen won't support the bill, though, because it funds ICE. In a joint statement, Rashida Tlaib, Ayanna Presley, and AOC said, among other things, quote, these radicalized criminal agencies are destroying families and killing innocent children. And it's good they're being maximalist in their demands because the White House has threatened to veto the aid that House Dems are looking set to pass anyway, or at least vote on, The Trump administration said it can't support the bill because it doesn't provide funding for more ice beds, a.k.a. detention, nor does it have money for Trump's wall. In the past few days, Trump has also promised to order mass immigration raids if House Democrats don't pass laws supporting his agenda for border militarization and against asylum seeking. He said he would delay the mass raids by two weeks to give House Democrats time, which is truly some disgusting mafia shit. In other news, and possibly a sign of even darker things to come imminently, the acting head of Customs and Border Patrol resigned today. John Sanders had taken over for Kevin McAleenan, who uh, ended up replacing Kirsten Nielsen at DHS. CNN noted that Sanders gave no reason for his departure. It's really difficult at any time to name who is heading major departments and agencies within the U.S. government. Yes. Like, I remember as a kid... Learning who's like, oh, who's the secretary of education and knowing them all and being proud of yourself, like in having this knowledge that as an adult, you know, as a well-informed citizen, you should know who the secretary of education is at any moment or like, I don't know who half the people are heading the departments at any moment because they're all acting and they're all leaving every few months and being replaced by someone else. We don't even Patrick Shanahan, the defense secretary left right before we look like we're about to go to war with Iran. We've got someone, I don't even know who the new defense secretary is. Yeah. It used to, used to be the army chief Esper, Mark Esper or something is the guy's name. <laughs> it gives a, what the hell is Mark Esper? <laughs> gives an added meaning or uh, another definition to the revolving door in Washington. I guess yeah. it's, it's ridiculous. Sanders' resignation comes the day after that CBP reported that it moved hundreds of migrant children from a facility in Clint, Texas, after media exposés found that kids there lacked adequate food, water, and sanitation. The facility was one of two described as, quote, torture facilities by a visiting doctor in a recent interview with ABC News. Yes, Virginia Cheney, they are concentration camps. Yeah. If they aren't concentration camps... Why are hundreds of malnourished kids being fucking moved after after their facility was exposed for horrid, squalid conditions in the media? Yeah. Hell, call them death camps. 
That'll do it for the newscast today. Before we go, just a reminder, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Subscribe now, $5 a month. Help support our little news co-op here in Pistown. You get access to all the bonus content throughout the week. That means the full complement of newscasts Monday through Thursday and the Garbage Can Show on Friday. You also get your own haiku written for you and read on the air. Like we're about to do right now for blah. This one goes out to blah. I'm the tissue man. Runny nose. Got you covered. No problem sneezing. Thank you, blah. Yes, thank you, blah. Thank you to all the subscribers on Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. Call the rant line 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on air. Thank you to our sponsor, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. We're back tomorrow. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.